Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Thank you for riding along today. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived at our webpage, there are links to our Facebook Baby Boomer Tales page. There are links to all kinds of your favorite podcast providers that you can find our Baby Boomer Tales podcast, including YouTube, where you can also see our video cast. And there at our website is our Boomer's General Store that features our famous Baby Boomer Tales coffee mug in several styles. How you doing today? We're pushing the 4th of July all of a sudden. The weather's really warming up here in northeastern Kansas. I hear that my little old hometown up there in the north central Rocky Mountains of Colorado is starting to feel like summer's on its way also. And summer is here. Cold or rain or snow or heat. Like it or not, here it is. Summertime and living can be kind of easy. I like the television show America's Got Talent. There's only two or three shows I watch during the summertime, and this is one of them, where acts from all around the world come and do their song and dance and whatever in front of the four judges, none of which are from America, but that's another story for another time. There's this one lady that's an opera singer that is a ventriloquist. I don't know if you've seen her, but the number I saw her do here a couple weeks ago wasn't with a dummy or a sock or a puppet or any of that stuff. It was with like a transistor radio or a little radio. And she did such a great job and it was so different. But it started me thinking about some of the great ventriloquists I have witnessed in my life. We'll start with Charlie McCarthy. His owner was Edgar Bergen. Charlie had a friend named Mortimer Snurd also. That was back in the day, but I remember when I was a kid watching Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd, an old Edgar. Later, Edgar's real-life daughter, not a puppet or anything, Candace, played Murphy Brown on TV. The old original one was very good. She tried to reprise it a few years ago and it fell flat on its face. That should have been predicted, though, in my opinion. Another ventriloquist, and probably my all-time favorite, Paul Winchell. His buddies were Jerry Mahoney and Knucklehead Smith. I believe it was Paul that I witnessed one time on a Sunday afternoon show when I was a kid. It was during the winter time and I'd been sledding or something outside and I'd like to come in and sit by the fire or sit by the furnace. We didn't have a fireplace back then down in the basement where we lived and watch, I think it was Ted Mack's Amateur Hour. Ted Mack's original Amateur Hour and this ventriloquist And I think it was Paul Winchell. This is how my mind remembers it anyway. While the dummy was talking, must have been Jerry talking, Paul drank a glass of water. Big old glass of water, right down, and the dummy never missed a beat. It was amazing to me, just absolutely amazing, that that guy could do that. Now, I guess it is a ventriloquist trick, but that is the first time I've ever really seen it pulled off. Really, I mean, like that. 
Paul Winchell also had a children's show where him and Knucklehead and Jerry entertained this little bunch of kids, kind of like in the peanut gallery from Howdy Doody. Remember the peanut gallery? Well, Winchell's bunch of kids, probably 12 of them or so, sat in a little box just like that. It was quite the show. My next ventriloquist, Sherry Lewis. Remember Lamb Chop, Charlie Horse, Hush Puppy? She was great. Now, I grew up with her pretty much. Maybe I was 10 when she hit the scene. I, I'm not really sure. Sherry Lewis was a very good puppeteer. That is a fact. Then it seemed like I didn't see any ventriloquists for a long time. And then one summer on America's Got Talent, along comes Terry Fader. And he won the whole doggone thing that year. He has some friends. One is Emma Taylor. One's Winston the Impersonation Turtle, and the other is Walter T. Airedale. Terry Fader is very, very excellent at his craft, and I guess he has quite a show in Las Vegas. Lo and behold, a few years later, here comes another ventriloquist on that show, and he won the whole darn thing again. His name was Paul Zerdon. I believe he was either English or Australian or New Zealand or something like that. I remember his accent was something like that. And what I remember about him most, he did a trick where he left the room, had the dummy sitting on a chair, and the dummy was talking, his mouth was moving, his hands were gesturing, his eyes were looking around, and Paul was not anywhere to be found, and he came in and interacted with the dummy and the dummy was like you or me sitting there and moving and stuff it was amazing just absolutely amazing to me a few years later darcy lynn she was about a 10 or 12 year old girl at the time and she won the whole she banged too her friends were petunia oscar and edna doorknocker darcy did a christmas special here a few years ago and she is just really really good at everything she does she sings well she is a nice girl she's actually growing up now I don't know how old Darcy Lynn is now but she has quite the future ahead of her I'm sure I talked about Ted Max amateur hour and watching old Paul Winchell and how that affected me how that impressed me how that stayed with me all these years. And even when I watched Darcy Lynn or Paul Zerdon or Terry Fader win those competitions, I would be thrown back in time to when I was a kid watching Paul Winchell. It was quite a time. Well, I was very impressed with that. Just to change gears here, just a little. I don't like to shop at all. I really don't. And my wife kind of likes to shop, but she becomes frustrated with the whole process so often. The only thing I care to shop for is groceries. But we stopped at a yard sale the other day, down a couple towns away. We were driving through, and my wife thought she saw something she'd like to take a look at. So we stopped the car and walked over there. And So I was wandering around, you know how you do at a yard sale picking up a butter dish and seeing it was a quarter. Quarter? These things used to sell for a nickel. Well, anyway, I looked and I looked and I couldn't believe what I was seeing and I kind of took it out of the box and I looked at it and a man came over and said, pretty cool, isn't it? 
And I go, is this a dummy for a ventriloquist? Guy says, yeah. Yeah, I've had it for about 30 years. Never used it. We're trying to lighten our load around here. We're not getting any younger. I said, can you talk without your lips moving? And he says, no. No. The way I talk is the way I'm talking to you. And you're no dummy. So how much is this thing? Guy got a little misty-eyed, looked at it, touched the top of its head, said you can have it for $20. $20? Yeah, this is the one thing that's not negotiable here. I looked at it. I looked at my wife. I dug in my pocket. I never have cash, but I do have $20 I carry with me for when I need a haircut. My barber doesn't take anything but cash. And his haircuts aren't 20 bucks. They're quite a bit less. But when I found him, I'd been going to these, you know, franchise hair places that you never get the same girl cut your hair twice type thing, looking for a barber. And they were charging me 20 So first time I had old Merlin cut my hair, I just gave him a $20 bill. and He went to give me change. And I said, no, no, that's what I was paying those girls down over so-and-so's. And he says, well, here, I, I don't need that tip. And I, I go, yeah, yeah, I'm tipping you the rest. So I always carry 20 bucks in my pocket in case I need a haircut. And so I dug my $20 bill out of my pocket. I gave that man that $20 bill. He said something like, can I say goodbye before you take him home? So I let him hold him one last time. They gave him to me and I went and sat in the pickup waiting for my wife to come back from looking at all the little kids' clothes and furniture and junk that a yard sale has. She got in the truck said, what is that thing you got? So I explained to her about Paul Winchell and I think I would like this thing. Well, that brings me to right now, right here, you and me. I have that, and I have it sitting here. And let me pull it out here. Let me hold on while I get uh, there. Let me get my hand in it. I'm kind of new at this, but I think I, I think I am. I, I can be a ventriloquist. This, my friends, is Midge. Oh, That's no. Jim backwards, and my J. Even though he's a guy, I call him Midge. Say hello, Midge. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I can do this. Midge, how old are you? What is that business of yours? Well, because I'm practicing. Well, you better keep practicing. I can, can see your lips you move. Understand him? <laughs> yeah. His well, eyes okay. are spinning. Okay, Midge. How old are you, Midge? One hundred. I just said, what business is it of yours? Midge, your voice is kind of gravelly. It's because you don't know how to talk. I know how to talk. His lips uh, hold on are here. Hold moving. On. You guys like this? Isn't he cool looking? No! What do you mean cool? I... I am hot. Oh, I'm sorry, Midge. I'm sorry. Let me try to get some water here and see if uh, see if you can talk while I drink. Uh, you sure about this? You sure about this? Yes, Midge. I'm sure about this. Here goes. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway, that is Midge, and I'm going to practice with him, and maybe we'll have him on the show another time because, well, you know, it's kind of cool to think that I could sit in the same circle as Darcy Lynn and Terry Fader and Charlie McCarthy. Oh, I mean Edgar Bergen and Paul Winchell. Is he serious? Say goodbye, Midge. Not on your life. You not put me back in that chair. <coughs> Drinking some water there? <laughs> well, okay. Let me... I'm putting him back. Goodbye. He was kicking there a little. Well, that's my friend Midge. I'm sure I'll talk about Midge some more. I practice when I'm not on the air, but I had to share that with you all, my friends, because, you know, my life is an open book here. I like to share what I do on a daily basis, all the excitement and all the mundane sitting around, all the work and all the play, all the times I get in trouble with my honey and all the times I'm a good boy. Oh, I do want to tell you a story, though. Last night, about 11.58 at night, I'm woken up by my wife, kind of shaking me a little in bed, saying, are you asleep? Not now I'm not asleep. I don't know what to do. What do you mean you don't know what to do? I don't know if I locked the barn. Okay, well, did you lock the barn or not? I don't know. Did you wake me up to want me to go over and check the barn, make sure it's all locked up? No, 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 I'll go over there. No, I'll go. No, I will go. I'm sorry I woke you up. Will you watch as I go over there? Now, our barn is, you know, I don't know, 40 yards from the house, maybe, maybe. And it's dark out there, I understand, and it's midnight, and who knows what's out there raccoons, possums, skunk, skunk, oh no, skunk, you don't want a skunk, but raccoons and possums, that's okay. So I said, okay, so turned on the back porch light, and she goes, she got herself all in boots and a hat and a sweatshirt, and it was pretty warm out, but still, she goes out, and I realize immediately by turning the porch light on, I can't keep the door open because all the moths and bugs want to come in. So I shut the door, and I can't see her because she's walked away from the light by then. So I call her on the phone and say, Okay, I'm here. I can't be outside with you because, you know, the bugs. So I'm with you on the phone. So she goes and checks the doors, and of course the barn's all locked up. And she comes back, and she comes in. We close off the light and shut the door and trying to go back to bed. And all of a sudden I realize, oh no, I'm calling my son-in-law. So I hung up real quick. You know, they call that butt dialing. You call somebody you don't mean to. It wasn't in my pocket. I don't know how I started calling him. I was talking to Kim and hung up, and next thing I know, I'm calling my son-in-law. Almost immediately, he calls me back. You know, you get a call at 11 o'clock at night. Now, it's 12 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock his time. And so I had to explain to him 
that all I did was but dial him. So I'm sorry, Ryan. I really am. The dummy did it. Yeah, he called you, Ryan. We'll blame Midge. I think I've got it now. We'll blame Midge for everything. No more getting in trouble. Woohoo! Woohoo! Midge did it! Thank you for riding along today. I know it was a little different, but where else can you see a $3 show with me and my brand new dummy? I shouldn't call Midge that. He will take offense once he gets to know me a little bit better. But I've got to practice talking without moving my mouth. Wherever you go in life, always be kind. You reap what you sow, and you do want to sow kindness. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.